Today is the 18th day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is fantastic to be here with you today. Got a nice steamy cup of wind farm coffee to my left, as is the normal way of things. Looking out over the day, coming in and centering ourselves here at the Global Campfire, allowing the cares of this life to just take a break. Just kind of leave them outside the circle. We can go grab all the cares of this life. All we want. We can drag around worries that aren't even ours if we want. But we need a break from it, and this is that break. And so we come in here, and it's safe, and we allow the scriptures to speak to us. And then we can go deal with those cares of life. We can pick them back up and drag them around, or we can approach them with maybe some new clarity that the scriptures bring into our story. And so it is wonderful to be here with you today as we take the next step forward, which leads us back into the book of Genesis. And we've been moving through Abraham and then Isaac and then Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. And then we learned of his children who will one day be the tribes of Israel. And yesterday we also learned about Esau's family tree and his family line because he becomes the Edomites. And we have not seen the last of the Edomites. And although the brothers have uh, kind of reconciled, there is enmity between the Edomites and the Israelites, although they are brothers. And we'll see this uh, peak up along the way as we continue the story. But now we are about to meet one of Israel's, or Jacob's, sons and uh, immerse ourselves fully in his story for a while. His name is Joseph. So we're reading from the Christian Standard Bible this week. Genesis chapters 37 and 38. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. These are the family records of Jacob. At 17 years of age, Joseph tended sheep with his brothers. The young man was working with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought a bad report about them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than his other sons because Joseph was born to him in his old age and he made a long-sleeved robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not bring themselves to speak peaceably to him. And Joseph had a dream. When he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Listen to the dream I had. There we were, binding sheaves of grain in the field. Suddenly my sheaf stood up, and your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. Are you really going to reign over us? His brothers asked him. Are you really going to rule us? 
so they hated him even more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and told it to his brothers. Look, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun, moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. He told his father and brothers, and his father rebuked him. What kind of dream is this that you have had? He said, Am I and your mother and your brothers really going to come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. His brothers had gone to pasture their father's flocks at Shechem. Israel said to Joseph, Your brothers, you know, are pasturing the flocks at Shechem. Get ready, I'm sending you to them. I'm ready, Joseph replied. Then Israel said to him, Go and see how your brothers and the flocks are doing and bring word back to me. So he sent him from Hebron Valley, and he went to Shechem. A man found him there wandering in the field and asked him, What are you looking for? I'm looking for my brothers, Joseph said. Can you tell me where they are pasturing their flocks? They've moved on from here, the man said. I heard them say, Let's go to Dothan. So Joseph set out after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him in the distance, and before he had reached them, they plotted to kill him. They said to one another, Oh, look, here comes that dream expert. So now, come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of the pits. We can say that a vicious animal ate him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to save him from them. He said, Let's not take his life. Reuben also said to them, Don't shed blood. Throw him into this pit in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him, intending to rescue him from them and return him to his father. When Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped off Joseph's robe, the long-sleeved robe that he had on, then they took him and threw him into the pit. The pit was empty, without water. They sat down to eat a meal, and when they looked up, there was a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were carrying aromatic gum, balsam, and resin going down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what do we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come on, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay a hand on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers agreed. When Midianite traders passed by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the pit and sold him for 20 pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took Joseph to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the pit and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, The boy is gone. What am I going to do? So they took Joseph's robe, slaughtered a male goat, and dipped the robe in its blood. They sent a long-sleeved robe to their father and said, We found this. Examine it. Is it your son's robe or not? His father recognized it. It 
That is my son's robe, he said. A vicious animal has devoured him. Joseph has been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth around his waist, and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will go down to Sheol to my son, mourning. And his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the guards. At that time, Judah left his brothers and settled near an Adulamite named Hira. There, Judah saw the daughter of a Canaanite named Shua. He took her as a wife and slept with her. She conceived and gave birth to a son, and he named him Ur. She conceived again, gave birth to a son, and named him Onan. She gave birth to another son and named him Shelah. It was at Kedzeb that she gave birth to him. Judah got a wife for Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. Now Ur, Judah's firstborn, was evil in the Lord's sights, and the Lord put him to death. Then Judah said to Onan, Sleep with your brother's wife, perform your duty as her brother-in-law, and produce offspring for your brother. But Onan knew that the offspring would not be his, so whenever he slept with his brother's wife, he released his semen on the ground so that he would not produce offspring for his brother. What he did was evil in the Lord's sight, so he put him to death also. Then Judah said to his daughter-in-law Tamar, Remain a widow in your father's house until my son Shelah grows up. For he thought, He might die too, like his brothers. So Tamar went to live in her father's house. After a long time, Judah's wife, the daughter of Shua, died. When Judah had finished mourning, he and his friend Hira, the Adulamite, went up to Timnah to his sheep shearers. Tamar was told, Your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. So she took off her widow's clothes, veiled her face, covered herself, and sat at the entrance to Anaim, which is on the way to Timnah. For she saw that though Shelah had grown up, she had not been given to him as a wife. When Judah saw her, he thought she was a prostitute, for she had covered her face. He went over to her and said, Come, let me sleep with you. For he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. She said, What will you give me for sleeping with me? I will send you a young goat from my flock, he replied. But she said, Only if you leave something with me until you send it. What should I give you? he asked. She answered, your signet ring, your cord, and the staff in your hand. So she gave them to her, and he slept with her, and she became pregnant by him. She got up and left, and removed her veil, and put her widow's clothes back on. When Judah sent the young goat by his friend, the Adulamite, in order to get back the items he had left with the woman, 
he could not find her. He asked the men of the place, Where is the cult prostitute who was beside the road at Anaim? There's been no cult prostitute here, they answered. So the Adulamite returned to Judah, saying, I couldn't find her. And besides, the men of the place said there has been no cult prostitute here. Judah replied, Let her keep the items for herself. Otherwise, we will become a laughingstock. After all, I did send this young goat, but you couldn't find her. About three months later, Judah was told, Your daughter-in-law, Tamar, has been acting like a prostitute and now she is pregnant. Bring her out, Judah said, and let her be burned to death. As she was being brought out, she sent her father-in-law this message. I am pregnant by the man to whom these items belong. And she added, Examine them. Whose signet ring, cord, and staff are these? Judah recognized them and said, She is more in the right than I, since I did not give her to my son Sheila. And he did not know her intimately again. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twins in her womb. As she was giving birth, one of them put out his hand, and the midwife took it and tied a scarlet thread around it, announcing, This one came out first. But then he pulled his hand back. Out came his brother, and she said, What a breakout you have made for yourself. So he was named Perez. Then his brother, who had the scarlet thread tied to his hand, came out and was named Zira. Matthew 12, 22-45 Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and unable to speak was brought to him. He healed him so that the man could both speak and see. All the crowds were astounded and said, Could this be the son of David? When the Pharisees heard this, they said, This man drives out demons only by Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. Knowing their thoughts, he told them, Every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons drive them out? For this reason they will be your judges. If I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. How can someone enter a strong man's house and steal his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can plunder his house. Anyone who is not with me is against me, and anyone who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, I tell you, 
people will be forgiven every sin and blasphemy. But the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the one to come. Either make the tree good and its fruit will be good, or make the tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is known by its fruits. Brood of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. A good person produces good things from his storeroom of good and an evil person produces evil things from his storeroom of evil. I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will have to account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned. And some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. He answered them, an evil and adulterous generation demands a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the huge fish three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at Jonah's preaching. And look, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And look, something greater than Solomon is here. When an unclean spirit comes out of a person, it roams through waterless places looking for rest but doesn't find any. Then it says, I'll go back to my house that I came from. Returning, it finds the house vacant, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and settle down there. As a result, that person's last condition is worse than the first. That's how it will also be with this evil generation. Psalm 16 Confidence in the Lord A Mictum of David Protect me, God, for I take refuge in you. I said to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have nothing good besides you. As for the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones. All my delight is in them. The sorrows of those who take another god for themselves will multiply. I will not pour out their drink offerings of blood, and I will not speak their names with my lips. Lord, you are my portion and my cup of blessing. You hold my future. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. 
Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who counsels me, even at night when my thoughts trouble me. I always let the Lord guide me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My body also rests securely. For you will not abandon me to Sheol. You will not allow your faithful one to see decay. You reveal the path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. At your right hand are eternal pleasures. Proverbs 3, 27-32 When it is in your power, don't withhold good from the one to whom it belongs. Don't say to your neighbor, Go away, come back later, I'll give it tomorrow, when it is there with you. Don't plan any harm against your neighbor, for he trusts you and lives near you. Don't accuse anyone without cause when he has done you no harm. Don't envy a violent man or choose any of his ways, for the devious are detestable to the Lord, but he is a friend to the upright. Okay, so in the Gospel of Matthew today, Jesus talks about something that is that that won't be forgiven. And so we should probably like go, wait, what? And pay attention to what is being said here and what is going on here. Specifically, like we'll just start at the statement that Jesus makes. Therefore, I tell you, people will be forgiven every sin and blasphemy. But the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the one to come. That is intense. And, you know, I grew up as a church kid. I grew up as a pastor's kid. I've been around this my entire life, and so this particular passage really haunted me as a child really badly, like really badly, enough to have me at the altar every time the altar was available, worrying about this unpardonable, this unforgivable thing that is somehow blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. As a kid, I didn't know what that meant, but I was terrified that I had done it, and I was much too afraid to talk to anybody like my parents about it in case, well, in case I had done it. Ironically, it's a bit different in context. It's a bit different what Jesus is saying, and it's more near than we, than we understand. I can remember like maybe a decade ago, maybe a decade ago, I came across this website where 
people who had been hurt or people who were just atheist or or whatever like they were literally like taping or recording their confessions and posting them like this was them getting on camera saying I deny the Holy Spirit and that was going to be the unpardonable sin so like you can't go back from that you're damned after that if there is a God you're damned and so that clears it all up. I've denied the Holy Spirit. I am doomed if there is an afterlife, but I don't believe there is one. And that's kind of what was going on there. I thought, man, this is dark. Man, this is sad. What would what would bring somebody to that place that they would do this? And the irony is that some of them were doing it because someone else had blasphemed the Holy Spirit and destroyed what that could be for another person who in turn denied it altogether, which is generally what Jesus is talking about here. So we started our story today and Jesus is healing and the Pharisees are upset about him healing on the Sabbath day and even plotting to destroy him. But Jesus continues to do what Jesus is doing, to reveal God's kingdom and to bring the benefits of God's kingdom into the lives of people. And so people were finding wholeness again. They were being healed. And as the Bible tells us, that the crowds were astounded and said, could this be the son of David? In response, the Pharisees say, it's not, he's not the son of David. He, he throws out demons by the power of Beelzebul, by the power of the evil one, by the ruler of demons, he casts out demons. So let's just pause there for a second. Was Jesus bringing healing and wholeness and restoration to the people by the power of the ruler of demons. Like, were the Pharisees telling the truth? And that's kind of a softball uh, question. We could all say, no, they weren't telling the truth. He wasn't throwing out demons by the power of the ruler of the demons. He's God. He was throwing them out. He was doing what he's doing under the power of God. Or we might say by the Spirit of God. Or we might say the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's either the prince of demons or the power of the Holy Spirit. Which is Jesus operating under? And we would say, of course, the power of the Holy Spirit. The Pharisees were attributing the works of the Holy Spirit to the ruler of the demons. That is blasphemy. Elevating anything to the position of or above God is blasphemy. 
that is what Jesus is saying and going after here. Like, hey, Pharisees, you are calling what God is doing of the devil. Like, God is doing this and you are attributing it to the forces of evil. You are elevating the forces of evil to the position of God. You don't want to do that. It doesn't even make sense, which is why Jesus goes on to say, every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction. No city or house divided against itself will stand. If Satan's driving out Satan, he's divided against himself. I will let stand. This doesn't even make any sense. If I throw out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons drive them out? Where this gets really close to home, especially in the Christian subculture, is that we can be quite flippant with what we label things as. We can be very flippant and very easily say something is of the devil. And... It may be, that may be true, but we can be loose enough with that to start labeling things of the evil one that we just don't understand. And that's not okay. To call something of the evil one that we just don't understand doesn't mean it's evil or from the evil one. We have this example right in front of us, clear as day. The Pharisees were certainly envious of Jesus, but they were also calling Jesus of the devil, which means that they were calling God of the devil, which also means that they were calling what God was doing of the devil. And according to Jesus, that, that won't work. That's not a good plan. And so before we start labeling things because we don't understand them and we can't imagine that God would work in such and such a way that we then make it of the devil, then we're doing the same thing. God has no problem doing things that we don't understand. God doesn't really care. He's going to do what is right and good and he's going to restore things even if it breaks the rules even if it's on the Sabbath even if it's not part of the tradition even if nobody's ever done it that way before and so like yesterday we were talking from the book of Proverbs about how wisdom and discernment are the things we need most as we're looking at the world we need it in these times. We can't just go around labeling things that God might be doing just because we don't understand them. Because we could inadvertently find ourselves calling what God is doing of the devil. I just don't think any of us want to even be anywhere near that territory. We just have to observe ourselves and realize how close to that territory we get. And so, Jesus, we are taking what you are saying to heart and examining it in our lives and inviting your Holy Spirit to come and show us the ways that 
We're dancing around things that are dangerous and are not healthy and are not good. We do not want to stand in your way. We don't want to stand in your way whether we understand what's going on or not. We want to follow you. And so Holy Spirit, come. Help us see the ways that we label things and dismiss things and deny things that you may be doing in this world. Help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Help us to have wisdom and discernment, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com That's home base. Uh, That's the website. And uh, home base is also in the palm of your hand if you have the Daily Audio Bible app, which you can download free from whatever app store is connected to your device. So check that out. Check out uh, the community section. There are links to get connected on social media, on the different social media platforms that we participate in. There in the community section. And that is also the home of the prayer wall, which is always available to us, no matter what is happening, no matter where we are, no matter what time it is, we can always go and share our story with our brothers and sisters and invite them, invite them into the story and, uh, and hear back prayer and encouragement from our brothers and sisters around the world. Uh, showing us yet again that we are in this together and not alone, and that is the prayer well. So be aware of that. It is in the community section on the app or on the website. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, thank you. Humbly, we would not be here if we weren't here together. And so thank you deeply for your partnership. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I will be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hi, this is Victoria Soldier. Just calling to pray for some of the dabbers. I want to pray for it to be a blessing from California. Glad to know that you got a miracle of, of finding a, a, a place to live. But I'm praying for all of you all in California and the disasters that are going there. I want to pray for uh, for Tony. Uh, I, I, I want to pray for Victoria, who is going through uh, with her husband. Uh, I want to also pray for Kathy. I want to pray for uh, uh, Kathy Funkin from New York, her friend Natalie, or with the brain slipping. I want to pray for them in the surgery even the, the guiding of the doctor's hand. I want to pray for Eva, who is, um, who, uh, is going through some challenges uh, with, with her in, the, in the mental hospital. I want to pray for my precious sister. And I want to pray for Debbie. 
I want to pray for Debbie and also Victoria. Lord, in the name of Jesus, the names I call, you know everything about them. Father, you are miracle-working God. You are mighty God. You are holy God. We ask you to have your way. We ask you to open doors that no man can close. We ask you to bless that precious baby, to be the baby that that you're calling them to be. We ask you to touch in that brain slipper. We ask you to guide that doctor's hand. Let it be a tremendous miracle in everything is done and everything being done under, under one roof at one time. You guide the doctor's hand, the doctor's mind, and all also the minds of those that are going through. Father, we just have your way in the dabbler's life. We just ask you to give them life and favor. We ask you to give them mercy. We ask you to have mercy. We ask you to have your wit. We thank you for, for this podcast, and we just thank you for blessing your people. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hey, Daily Audio Bible. This is a message to all those teens out there that are struggling with the faith in the storms of this world. You know, school is a hard place to show our faith, but the Bible tells us to be bold. Romans 1.16, I believe, says to be bold in our faith. Great things will come. So, I myself am a teenager, I'm 15, and I want to speak encouragement to all of us out there struggling if we if we're ashamed for our beliefs it doesn't matter we are serving the creator who created it all and no one can tell us to do otherwise and just praise him and spread the bible so if you have a friend that may need help they're not that close with god they're one heartbeat away, one car crash away from not being with Jesus eternally. So be bold and spread the faith. I pray for that. In Jesus' name. Hello, fellow dabbers. This is Wind and Wire from Vancouver, Washington. And my number one prayer, and I ask for your prayers for my children who just need to come to know Jesus in their own, each in their own way. And I just pray for that and I ask you to pray for that. And I'm also asking for prayers for my wife that, um, that her shoulder would be healed completely. And uh, these are the prayers that I have today. Um, thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Lori from South Carolina, and I just wanted to call in a praise report because something happened that is a miracle to me. But tonight I was driving home from work and my gas tank showed that it was empty and I didn't have any gas. So I got out, I pulled over to a gas station and I prayed all the way inside, Father, please let me find money in my billfold that I don't know about. But instead, the clerk, Tracy, I said, Tracy, 
let me try my debit card for $3. And I tried it, and it wouldn't work. And she said, I'm going to give you $10 on tank number 10. And I said, no, I can't take your money. And she said, yes, ma'am, you can. And after I fought with her, I gave her my company's name because she needs to be working at my company as a caregiver, too, because obviously she has the compassion of Jesus. And she paid for my gas home tonight. So I'm going to be praising Jesus all the way home tonight. I was saying, Jesus, how was I going to make it? And he made a way for me. He made a way where there was no way. And that's what he does in my life every single day. And if there's people out there who don't believe, all they had to do is call me. I am one living miracle after another. And I pray for all of you and I love you all. And I pray that you get the same miracles today that I received. I love you, Jesus. And I love you, heart and family. Amen. Hi, DB family. This is Lisa calling from the West Coast. Uh, I also go by Philippians 4, 6 on the prayer wall. Um, thank you all so much for all your prayers about my cancer. Um, it does turn out that I have uh, stage 4 um, terminal cancer, uh, stomach cancer, and um, my health has just deteriorated pretty fast. Um, I could really use your prayers that the hospital that I'm at uh, keeps me admitted until my, my, um, my two amazing caretakers fly in on Thursday. Um, if you could just pray about that, um, it's been kind of a bad battle to um, make that happen. and. I'm really scared to go home because um, I'm not able to do basic things like um, get it, get in and out of bed, dress myself, um, make food. Um, so I'm just really praying that God protects me in the week that I have um, before my caretakers get here. Um, I'm really blessed that my best friend from college is a doctor and she, um, she and her dad and her mom um, are going to have me stay with her parents and they're um, a semi-retired nurse and surgeon and so they're medical professionals um, and they're just so amazing and kind um, that they're opening up their home for me. Um, so I just have to wait until Thursday when I'll get there and have somewhere safe where I can be cared for um, outside of a hospital. Um, so I'm just blessing, I'm praising God for provi providing for me in that way. Um, and also I just really need your prayers urgently. I've just been in so much pain um, and just the procedures just keep getting um, scarier and more painful. Um, and yet I still see God's light in all of it. So. Thank you so much for your prayers. I really appreciate it. Hello, Daily Audio Bible. This is Vicki from the desert. Please pray with me tonight for all who have cancer for their healing. Dear Heavenly Father, I approach your throne of grace being grateful for Jesus dying for my sins. Thank you for Jesus shedding his blood, his blood that washes all our sins away, and his blood that has great healing power. Heavenly Father, 
I ask that you apply the blood of Jesus over all who have cancer, that you have your healing power flow through them from their head to the bottom of their feet for healing, for healing of any cancer in them. I ask this, Lord, for all who have this, whether they know they have cancer or not, whether they go through chemo or not, I ask, Lord God, asking for a miracle. Please heal them, Lord, with your healing power. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you, family, for praying with me. Vicky from the desert, thank you.